Well, hey, Seacoast, uh, it's Josh Surratt, and I am not with you right now uh, because Lisa and I are celebrating our 21-year wedding anniversary. And so uh, super grateful for this church. It's played a huge part of us making it 21 years, and we want to make it 21 more. And so uh, we're celebrating together. But uh, we've had a great week. Uh, we've celebrated ARC Conference together. I want to say thank you to so many of you who served leaders this week at the ARC Conference. We had almost 4,000 leaders come in, and it was an incredible time together. And I knew that one of those leaders was going to be Daniel Floyd, and I knew that I wanted him to stay a little bit longer. So while we're away, we're leaving you in good hands. Uh, Pastor Daniel and Tammy have been really good friends of Lisa and I's. They're the kind of people that every time we connect, uh, our vision is elevated uh, for our own marriage, for our church, and you're going to love having them. Pastor Daniel has been leading LifePoint Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia uh, since 2005. They've now got campuses all over Virginia. They've even got one in Germany, uh, which is really cool. Uh, but they're making an impact all over the world. And uh, as blessed as I am every time that, that I spend time with them, I know you're going to be blessed to spend time with him today. And so uh, we're in the South. We're known for Southern hospitality. I want you to make Daniel feel welcome. So would you stand to your feet and welcome Pastor Daniel Floyd as he brings a message to us this weekend. What's up, Seacoast? Hey, can we put our hands together for Jesus? Come on, has he been good in your life? So glad. How many of you love your pastors? Come on, Josh and Lisa, what an amazing couple. And um, I want to say on, uh, on behalf of a pastor who was on the recipient side of Art Conference this week, got to be refreshed and refueled. Thank you to every Dream Teamer who served and um, just your church for opening their doors. Uh, I know that thousands of leaders are back in their churches this weekend, refreshed, refueled. And, uh, and leading at a, at a higher level because of the investment. And so thank you, thank you for that. And uh, I, I was listening to video thinking, that's, I feel like that's what Josh and Lisa do for us. I was like, I don't, I don't know what we do it for you. You do that for us. Uh, just incredible. How many of you know you need people in your life that just make you better? Like you need people in your life that, that you, you look to and you go, man, every time I leave, I just want to be better. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better husband, better leader. And uh, well, I'm honored, honored to be with you today. And uh, I mean, who doesn't say yes to an invitation to Charleston, <laughs> to the beach? Come on, somebody. I told the 830, I said, I don't know if you're the best Christians or you're the most strategic. Because <laughs> you get out in time to get some, some sunshine. Uh, either way, man, we're glad that you're here. I'm excited to bring the word to you today. And I'll just let you know... Um, I, I'm, I, I like it when you, when you talk to me, okay? So um, if you, if you want to say amen, I, I will not be called off guard. If you want to say, preach it, boy, like, <laughs> I won't be. Just don't say, like, please stop or that was awful. Um, no, nothing discouraging, just everything life-giving. Come on, are y'all with me? Just everything life-giving. Hey, let's, uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 is where we're going to be. And I want to read our text, then we'll pray together and, and we'll jump into the message. First Kings 17, uh, if, if you don't have a copy of the scripture, it'll be on the screen for you. Verse 7 says, sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Uh, let me give you context real quick. Um, what's happening earlier in chapter 17 is that um, God provided for Elijah, Elijah by a raven and a brook 
um, with water. So he provided food by the raven, provided water by the brook. And it says the brook dried up. And uh, just a little free thing for you is that, um, that oftentimes what was a blessing in one season will not sustain you in the next season. And uh, how many of you know the mercies of God are new every morning? Great is his faithfulness, the Bible says. And so you need new mercies every day. Verse 8 says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah, and this was, this was what God told him. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. So I want you to go to this town, and I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have drink? And as she was going to get it, he called. So she's on her way to get water. And he's like, hang on one second. Will you bring me please a piece of bread? And this is, this is a big request. And verse 12 tells us why. She responds, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son so that we may eat and we may die. Um, if you're a note taker, you can write this title down. If you're not, write this title down. I want to call this message The Weight of Blessing. The weight of blessing. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray you'd open our hearts and minds. We haven't come just to do some religious exercise. We've come that you might speak to us and that we might never be the same because of it. In Jesus' name, everybody said a big amen. 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 I have uh, been married for coming up on 18 years, and I have four kids, everybody. Um, and you're like, man, you like children. Nope, I like my wife a lot. All the men said... Amen. All right. If you're a husband, you better say amen right there. Um, but my two oldest are with me uh, here this morning, 15 and uh, 12 going on 28. And uh, then we took a big gap and we have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And a three-year-old we adopted at five days old. We knew we were in the process of adoption, but our adoption story went like this. We were at lunch with friends. We got a call and they said, hey, baby boy's been born. He's coming to your house at eight. We need a name. So I never knew that was my last night of sleep <laughs> the night before. And it was like a stork really showed up, and he's, he's amazing. Um, but here's something. I, all the parents may understand this, and if you're a student, you'll get this. How many of you have ever like, picked up a backpack um, of your kids, or you've put on your, and you're thinking, did you pack the entire school in your backpack? Come on, anybody, anybody with, I, I, I take our kids to the bus every morning. It's kind of like my thing. I like to get them up, do the breakfast, and do the bus with them. And sometimes I'll pick up their backpack, and I think, did you put your entire locker in here? Like when you started school, it was like the lunchbox and then the folder from the teacher, and all, hopefully it had all good stars on it. Are y'all with me? And then as you grow, it's like, man, you put your whole the whole school in your backpack. Why are we bringing the whole school home? And, and it's not like I saw you do homework last night. So why... So why is all this weight in the backpack? And I started thinking about this because I picked it up and put it on one day and I was like, you're gonna have back problems one day. Like, this is not healthy. And I was thinking about this though in life. How many of you know that sometimes life feels like a weighty backpack? 
That, that whether you're at one of our locations or online today, no, no matter if you like are all of, you've bought into faith and, and you've surrendered your life to Jesus or you've been walking with Jesus a whole long time, here's what I know is that all of us go through moments and seasons in our life where life can be weighty, can it not? And it may be the weight of bad news. It may be the doctor's phone call. It, it may be the weight of, of broken relationships. Hello, somebody. The last two years that we've all walked through, have put some weight on us. And, and that weight often is very heavy and it's hard to carry it. It could be the weight of financial issues. It could be the weight of health issues. No, no matter what it is, all of us and none of us are exempt from the weight or the burden, maybe another word, or the stress or the strain uh, uh, that life can bring. If you're with me, say amen. All of us go through that. And I want to talk to you today, not about the weight of, of attack of the enemy, because that's very real. I'm not like there's a devil under every rock, but there is a real devil and he has no good plans for your life. I'm not talking about those weights. I'm not talking about the weight that sin can bring in our life. Choices that we make and we're dealing with the consequences of sin and, and we're dealing with the consequences of mistakes and the repercussions. I, I don't even want to talk about that today. I want to dial in on the weight that sometime God allows in our life. I want to propose to you today that there are weights that God allows in our life because of a purpose that God is wanting to accomplish in our life. And without the weight, we would never accomplish the purpose. If you're with me, say amen. All right, in the text that we just read with Elijah and this widow, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Elisha. So this is the will of God for him to go to a widow and ask her for bread. And don't you think God knew that she only had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and was about to go make bread for her and her son to die? So God knew her situation. He knew that she was in lack. And still God gave a word to Elijah to go ask her for the very thing that she was unable to provide for her own family. And sometimes I would propose to you that God will ask you things and will ask you to do things that are outside your capacity. And he's doing it for a reason. And I want to give you four of those reasons today. And maybe for some of you that are carrying a weight right now and you're like, God, where are you? God, what are you doing? Maybe you're even rebuking it. Like, get away from me in Jesus name. Like, you know, you're doing prayer march around, whatever. I don't know, but you're just like, get it out of my life. That just maybe you'd flip your perspective today and go, okay, maybe God's not doing something to me. God's wanting to do something through me. That God is maybe not trying to crush me, but maybe God is trying to grow me because he knows the plans that he has for me. Are you following me? If you're a note taker, write this down. Number one, God will send weights into our life, a heavy thing into our life because it creates a greater demand. It places a greater demand. Here's what I mean by that. We often don't know what we can do until we're required to do it. You often don't know what is in you. you. I would propose that all of us don't know the potential that really is on the inside of us until that potential is demanded to come out. I remember the first time my oldest, his name is Owen, he's 15. He's single, he's ready to mingle. If there's any young godly girls, I'm messing, I'm messing, bud. He's like, stop, dad. He's not, he's too young. He's still got some character development to do. <laughs> I'm joking, he's an amazing young man. And, um, but, but I remember the first time that I held him. 
And, and, and everybody always tells you, and, and they're like, when, you know, when you're expecting that first day, they're like, oh, you won't understand. Like, you can't. Like, you'll, you'll know, until you, you just can't understand. You can't understand the love of a parent. Until you, and so I remember the first time that, that I held him. It was, um, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning a.m. on a Wednesday. And I remember, I remember this love that came out of my heart like, I'd go to jail for you. Like, if someone messed with you, I think I would pull an Apostle Peter on them and get out a knife. Come on, somebody, you need to read your Bible. It's in there. And I think I would cut them for you, and I would end up in jail. You know what I'm saying? But that kind of love was never demanded of me because I was not a father yet. But the moment that I stepped into being a father, the moment that I held him, there was a demand put on me that pulled something out of me that, was, that I didn't know was in there. And I would propose that sometimes God will allow a weight to be put in your life so that it pulls something out of you that you never knew was in you. So that God can do something through your life that you never dreamed he would do in and through your life. Are you with me? The Bible says that Elijah came to the woman and she said, I only have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. Was God trying to be cruel or was God trying to develop something in her? I would propose that God was not trying to be cruel, asking her for something that she thought she didn't have. I would propose God was trying to develop something in this lady to show his miracle working power in and through her life. I think about Peter and the disciples. If you remember the story, if you're new to church, I'll give you the Sparks version. Is that right? Uh, the cliff note, the new cliff notes. They're in a boat. They're on the Sea of Galilee. There's a crazy storm going on. They're, they're thinking they're going to die. Jesus comes walking on the water. Maybe you've heard this. And he, Peter goes, Lord, if it's you, call us out. Call me out to come. And so he says, come on out. And Peter begins to walk on the water, does he not? And and. And then we know the story. He takes his eyes off Jesus. He gets his eyes on the storm around him. And then he begins to sink. But then the Bible says Jesus takes him by the hand. So I believe Peter walked on the water twice. That he walked out to Jesus, but he had to get back to the boat somehow. And the Bible didn't say Jesus carried him. He said that he pulled him up. And some of us are like, well, Peter's sunk and, and we hate on Peter. I don't hate on Peter. I wonder why the other 11 stayed in the boat. But that invitation demanded and called something out of Peter that Peter never knew was in there. But if the demand had never been put on him, if the invitation had never been given, then he never would have taken his foot. And I don't know if he just jumped out. I mean, he, he's kind of a hothead. Maybe he did just jump or if he kind of felt it was like, but in either way, he ended up walking on the water, but he never would have done it if a greater demand wasn't placed on his life. I would propose to you, that there are some things you would never do if God didn't put a greater demand on your life, if there wasn't a weight put on your life. And maybe today what you thought is God like crushing you, no, maybe God is trying to conform you to the image of your son because he's more concerned about that than he is your comfort. Are you with me? Number two, not only does the weight place a greater demand and cause something out of me that I sometimes don't know that's in me, but also the weight clarifies my perspective. Clarifies my perspective. What did the woman say to Elijah? She said, I only have a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. 
all she could see was the little or the lack. And often whenever there's something weighty on our life, how many of you, your mind just goes to the darkest places? That whenever you get bad news or whenever you get something that feels like it's overwhelming, I don't know about you, but my mind immediately can go to, it's over, I can't do this, I don't have, but I would just propose that even if you have a little, it is enough to do everything that God has called you to do. Because a little in your hands turns into a lot in God's hands. And so all she said is, I just got a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. But I would propose that we, we flip our perspective and go, no, it may just be a little, but if God has called me to it, then this little is enough for what God has proposed for me to do. It's about how do I see it? I think about the disciples who are with Jesus, and there's 5,000 people plus men and women children on the hillside, and they say, we can't send them away. They need to eat. And Jesus says, well, what, can, what do you have? And Peter went, and he stole some lunch from this little boy, and five, just see if you're listening, five loaves and two fishes, right? Five loaves, two fishes. And the Bible says that he broke the bread. Well, to us, we think 5,000 people plus men, women, and children, maybe 25, 30,000 people listening to Jesus. And we think five loaves and two fishes, how could that ever be enough? But if all we ever see is lack, then that's all we'll ever get. But if we see that, no, it may be a little, but in the hands of Jesus, it's more than enough for what God has called me to do because the God who has called me is the God that will supply for what I need if I'll just bring him what I have. And think about it, I, I don't know how it went down, but I do know the miracle took place in their hands, not in Jesus' hands. It's important to know. The Bible says he broke the bread and gave it to the disciples and divided the fish among them. It didn't say he broke the bread and all of a sudden baskets filled up across the front of the space. And so I, I just kind of stick my imagination in the text sometimes. I don't know how it went down, but it, maybe it was like this. Here's you a piece. Here's you a piece. Here's you a piece. Wow, it regrew. Here's you a piece. Here's you a piece. Here's you. Are y'all following me? I mean, it had to be something around that. Or maybe, maybe they got down to the end and they're like one little piece and they're like next row. <laughs> All right, really small piece? <laughs> really? And then it re I don't know exactly, but all I know is the miracle took place in their hand. But if they'd have went, Jesus, this isn't enough. We got to go ask for some more. No, they took the little and they put it in the hands of the master. And when they did, it became more than enough to feed all the people with 12 baskets left over. I'm just not trying to help you see that what is in your hand is already enough to do everything God has called you to do. And some of us were waiting until the next promotion, the next raise, until I retire, until this. And then I'll begin to, and God is like, no, I'll allow a little weight in your life to call something out of you you didn't know was there and to help you see that with me, it's more than enough. It's all in how you see it. Some of us, let me give you this metaphor. Some of us pray for a table, but God gives us wood. And so what is it? Is it wood or is it a table? Yeah. Are you with me? Let me ask you this. Is it a sling and a stone or is it a giant killer? It's all in how you see it. Is it a cross where murderers died or is it the bridge where lost humanity can find salvation in Jesus? It's all in how you see it. 
Is it a tomb where people go to die? Or is it the representation of the power of God unto resurrection? It's all in how you see it. I would just propose what you're looking at going, God, this isn't enough. It's lack. It won't work. I can't do it. I would just propose today that maybe you would flip your perspective and go, God, it's a little bit and it's all I got, but I put it in your hands and in your hands, it is more than enough. Now, I'm going to warn you. This next thought is the, is the actual hard part. Because, because knowing that, that there's more in me, like that's, that's a good amen. Right? Like, there's more in me than I know, and God's pulling it out. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> and, and all right, God can take my little and make a lot out of it, but there has to come a point where you actually go make the bread. There has to come a point where you actually take the step of faith. Listen to what the Bible says in verse 13. It says, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. So he's asking to have the bread first. I think this is a representation that God wants to be first in your life. He says in verse 14, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. And she went away and she did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word the Lord's had spoken, the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Number three, if you're writing this down, number three is the weight will test my faith. I would propose that a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. And there has to come a moment where it moves beyond I know this, I believe this, I think this, I agree with this, to where I actually step in faith. It has to come a moment between, Jesus, you're walking on water. That's awesome. This is crazy. You're inviting me out. Cool. Let's stay in the boat. <laughs> there has to come a moment where your foot gets out and touches. Are y'all following me? Like, I, I mean, I just kind of put your imagination. This woman goes back home. She's got a few sticks. Her plan was to make bread for her and her son, the last she had, and for them to die. She was in a dire situation. And I don't know the emotion she's feeling, but she goes back and just think about it. She's mixing, I don't know how to make bread, but she's like, whatever the ingredients are, just, yeah, she's mixing it and then cooking it. However that happened, I'm guessing with fire because there's sticks. I do know that. And she's like making the bread and, and now she's going to make the bread and first bring it to the prophet. And her son's there and he may be hungry. There had to come a moment where she had to go with what God had said through the prophet over what she was seeing. 
What she was seeing was a jar of oil that was almost out. And what was she was seeing was some flour that was almost gone. And it didn't look like the right thing to do. It probably didn't feel like the thing she wanted to do. I just want to tell you that often when God calls you to step out in faith, it doesn't always feel like this is awesome. Most of the times where I feel like God calling me and going, Daniel, I want you to step out of the boat. I'm going, I think I'm going to be sick. Come on, anybody with, with, like, I think, I'm, I think, I know this is God, but I think I'm going to be sick. Like, this is scary. This is why Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. And I would propose to you that the evidence of faith is not the absence of fear. It's the ability to move forward when you're feeling fearful, but going, God has spoken. I've got a word from God and I'm moving forward anyways. I think about the Hebrew boys, the fiery furnace. The king was like, if you don't bow, then I'm going to throw you into the fire. And what did they say to the king? They said, king, even if our God doesn't, we're still not bowing. I don't know about you, but I want to even if God doesn't kind of faith. Even if it doesn't play out the way I thought it's going to play out. Even if it doesn't. But there comes a moment where you go, throw me in the furnace. I'm trusting the word that God has given me. And it's a test. And it's a little scary. But there has to come a moment where faith without works is dead. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know what evidence is? Evidence is something you can present in a courtroom to convict somebody of what you're claiming they've done. My question for you is, are there moments in your life, is there a place in your life, is there a moment right now maybe in your life where if you were standing in the courtroom of heaven, there's enough evidence to convict you that you walk by faith? Could they point to that decision or that decision and go, yeah, they walk by faith. They actually went and made the bread and gave it. They actually stepped out of the boat. Would there be enough evidence? There's got to be a moment where your faith isn't just something you know, something you feel, but something you, you're willing to act on. You're willing to obey whatever it is God says. Even if what he has said seems to go against what you see, you stick with what he said. If you're with me, say amen. I'll give you one more thought. Because how many of you know that oftentimes what God is doing in you right now isn't for right now? If you don't, I'm going to tell you that. It's for something down the road. And I would propose that finally that the weight prepares me. The Bible says in verse 17 that sometime later, we don't know how much later, a week later, a month later, years later. The son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. Now, we're not going to end on a downer. Elijah comes in, takes the boy, prays over him, and raises him from the dead. 
But I'm happy you know that if, if you don't graduate from bread faith, you won't be ready for resurrection faith. And this is what I want to challenge you with today, that maybe the weight that God is allowing into your life the kind of weight that he uses to grow you, to demand something out of you, to change your perspective, the kind of weight that causes you to go, I've got to take a step. God is calling me to something that maybe what he is preparing you for right now is not for right now, that maybe for, for something down the road, because I don't know if you know this, but our God is outside of time. In other words, he's not trapped by time. He doesn't look on a linear level. He saw the day you were born and the day you would die at the same time in the same moment. So he knows what your tomorrow brings. He knows what your next week brings. He knows what a month brings from now. And he may be preparing you with bread level faith right now because he knows you're going to need resurrection faith later. And if you don't get elementary level faith, he can't graduate you to a greater faith. And so God isn't trying to crush you. God is preparing you out of his grace and mercy for greater and greater. My Bible says he moves me from victory to victory and from glory to glory. What a good God we serve. So maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't be rebuking the weight that is on your life right now. And maybe what you've been trying to pray away, God has been trying to use to prepare you, to grow you, to stretch you. And God never grows something great to do small things through. He never puts big gifts in small places. But he grows you because he has purpose for you. He grows you to prepare you for greater and greater things. Do you receive the word today? Can we put our hands together? Let's pray together at every location, everyone joining us online. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that sometimes the weights in our life you use and you leverage to grow us, make us better, to prepare us. We're your workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You have assignments for every one of us. You have calling on every one of our lives. And thank you that in your kindness, you stretch us, you grow us, you call things out of our lives that we never knew were there. And you invite us into the adventure of walking by faith. So I pray over anyone today who's been carrying some weight, couldn't make sense of it. Holy Spirit, would you speak to them today? I pray that perspectives would shift. I pray that where you've been calling people to take a step of faith, and they've been remaining in the boat, I pray today be the day. That they step out, they trust you at your word. That they go off what you say, even when it doesn't make sense with what they see. May we be people that walk by faith. And we'll give you all the honor. We'll give you all the glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. Amen. amen.